to a special <laughs> spooky season episode of Better Than the Movie, the show where a bunch of booksellers get together and talk about movies and the books they're based on or not really based on. Not we'll based get to on. that. Uh, today we have two very special guests to discuss Agatha Christie's Halloween Party and Kenneth Branagh's A Haunting in Venice. These guests are Natalie Freeman and Allison Smith. Woo! Natalie used to be one of the podcast producers and interviewers and stuff. And now, now what do you do with yourself? Now I work at the zoo um, with a different kind of animal rather than a bookseller. <laughs> um, so yes, I work at the zoo, but you can never leave books behind. So I also coordinate author events at the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Elsa? What do you do? Um, I used to be... Uh, at Skylight, and then I left, and now I edit books at Unnamed Press, and yeah. now I'm back here again, and yeah. I love it. So, <laughs> thank you for having me. redacted, because you don't, or no, is it actually Unnamed Press? No, <laughs> great, great joke, great joke, great joke. Great joke opening it up, hot joke, hot joke. Oh, I could see you like forming the <laughs> joke too, and I was like, he's gonna say it for sure. I was waiting for a silence coming in. Watch out, clear some space, he's gotta move, he's gotta operate here. I also had one for you now, but I missed it. I was gonna be like, who's more... Who's more of an animal? But you kind of got it. it I did it. Yeah, I did. It, it really, already, I took it yeah. really fully formed. <laughs> I to took it from you. That was like a twenty. All right, great. So I'm the wrangler. Speaking <laughs> of animals, um, so the, this episode actually has a fairly lengthy backstory because it was a year ago, Natalie, that you were at a used bookshop. Yes. And you found a bunch of paperbacks of Agatha Christie's Halloween party. Halloween party. Yes. yes. Because it has we, the apostrophe in it. So yes. Correct. We cannot forget about the apostrophe. Um, I was in Santa Barbara, and shout out to Paperback Alley in Santa Barbara, if you are ever in that area, um, because whenever I leave my house in my circle of geography, I have to look for a used bookstore. Um, so I was out there. They had a ton of Agatha paperbacks, the teeny tiny like mass markets which usually I refuse to touch. I will not go near a mass market. But Why, well, super gross? No, just like, they're, because they're usually like 400 pages and that's just a shape I don't want to hold. Fair enough. I don't like the shape. Big hit. Um, yeah, I don't like the shape. <laughs> um, and I know that my, my J-man here loves the mysteries. And sure. so I thought it would be fun to grab uh, an old Agatha for us to book club. And so I grabbed Halloween Party because it was spooky season. And we read it a year ago, and I did not reread it for this podcast. <laughs> nice. I, I listened to the Excellent. audiobook because I was like, I remember what happens. But the thing that's funny is, like, in the last chapter, 17 things are revealed, which oh, mostly yeah. I did yeah. not remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just I'll launch it off by saying I was not reminded of anything while watching this film. Save it. Harness it. So, so let, that's that's the book. But 
I want to bring everyone up. Uh, you know, there's this trailer that hit cinemas and is uh, very spooky. It's like, oh, it's like a haunted house movie. What is this? And then I was like, wait, is that Kenneth Branagh with his weird ass mustache? It was. It was, yeah. Okay. Mustache. I was trying, trying to build some suspense, but yeah, okay, let's <laughs> calm it down with the stash. Yeah, calm um, down. And then I was like, "Oh, crazy! There's there's a new there's a new uh, Christie, and it's like a spooky season Christie. Great." And then sort of. I looked, and then I looked up, and I was like, "Based on Halloween Party," and uh, I was like, "That is not about a haunting. That does not take place in Venice." Nope. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how this is going to play out. Um, and so I forced all of you people to come <laughs> to the movies together and watch it and uh, have some thoughts, have some feelings. Uh, I did want to run down cool just a little bit of like whodunits we like to start off. And then also I rewatched the other Brenna Poirot films. We can talk a little bit about that before we dig into A Haunting in Venice and what it has done to the legacy of poor Agatha Christie. Uh. Um, I mean, NPR liked it. They thought it's a great movie. What do they know? Is that true? Yes. Oh my God, let me pull it up for you. Wow. <laughs> also, uh, been like chopped liver. We and Tyler did not get oh, yeah. introduced. Wait, yeah, we are here on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. no, we have two You're guests, usual. and so the co-hosts do not. The big twist in A Haunting in Venice is it's actually a great film. Go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> I saw that while you were looking for parking, yeah. and I was Go like, wow, can't wait for that. Your tax dollars paid for that, Alan. So, How does that make you feel? Pissed. So should I, should, I, should I punch in like like I did it up top like a good host, or should I just... No, no let's leave it loose. All right, great. I, so this is Better Than the Movie. I'm your co-host, Justin Reamer. Alan Trailer. Tyler Austin. And, yeah, we're here. Three cool cats. Mm-hmm. The coolest. The coolest cats. Hopefully, we'll be become the bodice ripping boys at some point. At one, some you point. wait and see, Ooh. listeners. I've been. This yeah, was you my. You said too much, Justin. <laughs> I have been waiting to gather the bodice ripping boys since before I left. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to trying to build the mythology, trying to build the yeah. universe. We'll make it happen. Yeah, You'll get here. You'll get here. Movie okay. universe. Um, hey, Allison. Do you have any whodunits you like? Movies or books or both? Oh my God, Natalie and I were just talking about The Illusionist. It's one of we my were, yeah yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever, and it's basically a whodunit, but he uses magic. It's not murder. It's magic. It's magic and oh. murder. It, it there is murder. Yes, there is murder, or suicide, or magic. what? I haven't seen that movie. No, Are you I serious? Won't. You, you ruined it. What? You haven't, you haven't seen? You haven't seen the Illusionist? In the, in the Edward great prestige Are you kidding me? Battles. No. I saw no. Prestige. Oh no! You always gotta watch both, man. Paul Giamatti is an investigator. The second oh. it ended, I started rewatching it because I had yes. missed every single thing that happened. <laughs> and when it was unveiled, I could not handle it. <laughs> you have to watch it so you you can hear, you can just hear someone introduce Edward Norton as Eisenheim. The yeah, Eisenheim. I do like Eisenheim. that. Eisenheim. Yeah. Good. Good. It's yeah. So good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm adding, adding that to my list. Add right? it to the list. Add it to the list. Is it spooky at all? What if it's spooky? It's eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has like a sepia tone spooky. over it. Yeah. It's it's not. It doesn't have the dark uh, tone of the Prestige. Mm-hmm. There there is a moment kind of near the end when he gets a little depressed and he starts calling the dark spirits of uh, you know behind the veil to kind of help him. Oh, who has you it? know. See the I ghost mean, of his lover. It's a Friday night, am I right? Um, <laughs> and there's there's spookiness in it. I think okay. it's 
I think is, it's a great Halloween Is it movie. darker or lighter than Doctor Strange 2? <laughs> um, it's it's in Vienna in like around the turn yeah. of the century. It's all in this like warm so sepia okay. tone. Yeah. Um, I guess lighter, but like more serious and more interesting and better. Oh! <laughs> like, that's is there a multiverse? <laughs> How many multiverses? No. <laughs> anyway. I think no? it's just yeah, one. is there just oh. one universe just of madness? Is there, yeah. huh? Come on. I think there's many multiverses. Um, what about any of the, you guys, to go the, into the, what my you supposed co-host, do you have any whodunits you wanted to big up right now? Uh, I got a top three of my favorites. You got top three? I got a top Ooh. three. Let's hear it. Uh, I got uh, a number three, Brick. Yeah. Love Ooh, that fucking yeah. movie. That's a great one. I got Who Framed Roger Rabbit, scarred the shit out of me as a kid. Nice. And uh, the ultimate, obviously, Clue. Uh, yes. oh, yeah. Flames? 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 Inside of my face! <laughs> Classic. Classic. Um, I wanted to throw out a uh, Gillian Flynn's Sharp Objects. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm not going Gone Girl. I'm going Sharp Objects. Uh, it's a real which, cool girl movie, you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no. See, it's um, not just me that has hey, it against no. me. Hey. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that was a very entertaining book and also a very well done television adaptation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is yes. It, is that the Amy Adams one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was very very good. And was it? I think it's Jean Marc Vallée because he oh, was because it was yeah. like a oh, Reese Witherspoon thing. Oh, the Buyers Club director. Yeah, mm-hmm. who passed away recently too. Yeah. Oh. What? Mm-hmm. It's fine. What? It's fine. Don't just point. Don't just. It's somewhere. like a leaning tower. Oh yeah, no, I saw it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I saw it when. Oh I no, see, in. it's it's caught on the edge of that. It won't fall. You on always us. think sure. it's caught, but While I've had here. but I've had so many of those towers fall on me. Yeah, <laughs> Scars. Just, By the way, it pointed so that we wouldn't have to talk about it. Damn it! It feels spooky. But yeah, and then it is spooky. Spooky. Is someone pushing it? Right. Are we in the back of a haunted bookstore? Yes. Um. And I did also want to throw out a fun one, which is the thousand dollar tan line, which is a novelization sequel to Veronica Mars. Yes. Oh, <laughs> You're telling me that you haven't read the two Veronica Mars novelizations written by Rob Thomas. No. You haven't? I did not know they existed. Oh wow. Get ready to have a great time. Kristen okay. Bell reads one of the audiobooks, but not the second. Oh, well. I'll but just, I'll listen to one of them. Listen to one, read the other, but super fun. Have like the same energy as the show, but a very fun whodunit. Huh. Oh, speaking of audio bu- audiobooks, I want to jump ahead. Did, did you listen to the audiobook of Halloween Party? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Stephen Hugh Friday. Fraser, no, yeah. who does the like 2002 production of yeah. Halloween, he does great voices. He does fantastic oh, voices. Oh, Mary Oliver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, it's great. Well, it's a little bit better than that. <laughs> And so, supposedly in October, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh has got his audiobook version coming out. <laughs> but I listened to his, I listened to Kenneth Branagh's audiobook of Death on the Nile. Well, let me, I listened to 10 minutes of Kenneth Branagh's mm-hmm. audiobook of Death on the Nile, and I was like, he is low energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can do this. So I I'm, what I'm saying mode, is, to be honest, caveat, <laughs> caveat emptor, you know, stick with the Hugh Fraser Halloween party if audiobooks is your bag. Um, yeah. But, all right, so here's my run of Kenneth Branagh thoughts. Yeah. Wait, can I do my whodunits? Oh, yeah. We're just <laughs> not, 
Because no, he on. said something, and then they said something. You, you didn't... Oh, he, can I also add, like, an honorable mention yeah, before Tyler? Before Tyler. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Get in there before Tyler, uh, for sure. Yeah, Dick Tracy, of course. Oh, yeah. Love that um, done it. It's kind of a whodunit. All right, sure. Yeah, yeah, you know at the end yeah. who's got the blank face? Oh, yeah. You don't know yeah, that come at, on, at bro. the start? Sure, sure, sure. All right. Me? Yeah, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think you're entirely bullshit. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say. You're trying to tell me you don't love Brick? Oh, no. Brick's great. Okay. Brick's obviously great. Well, I was going to say the one that I've most recently seen that I really enjoyed that I think a lot of people would see a lot of similarities to another more recent whodunit is Last of Sheila. Which is a film from the um, 70s, which is a lot of fun. It's about, stop me if you've heard about it. There's a lot of rich assholes are on a boat, and then there's a, a game that breaks out, and then one of them dies. Death on the Nile? Mm. Kind of. Also, just like Glass, <laughs> a little bit like Glass Onion. It's a direct, it's a direct, I think. Well, yeah, like Glass Ryan Onion Johnson, is riffing on Last of Sheila. Very specifically, yeah. to the point I think Ryan Johnson has tweeted about it several times, being like, this was a complete inspiration for it. It's really good. James Coburn. Uh, Tony Perkins wrote it with Stephen Sondheim, which is kind of insane. Uh, but they would, I guess, do like very elaborate like games throughout New York yeah. City that they would set up with like clues and things for people to figure out. And then they're like, "What if we wrote a Who Done It?" And it's really good. Uh, James Mason's incredible in this movie. Um, who's the lady who's so good? At Diane Cannon. Diane Cannon is incredible, basically playing uh, the lady that's so good. A Sue a Sue Menger's type. <laughs> If you stop me, if you know who Sue Mengers is, little Hollywood, she's incredible. She's so good. I would just think of her as uh, Cary Grant's longtime lover, Uh, and only that phrase. You mean besides Randolph Scott? Whoa! Whoa. And LSD. And LSD. The man loved LSD. Well, that's everyone's everyone's personal. Everyone's LSD. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, great movie. Also, uh, Murder She Wrote. Shout out to Alex who hey. works here. Aww, Murder She Wrote is Alex. genuinely always a great whodunit. Man, it's a good time. And Jessica sure. Fletcher rules. She's sure. maybe she's calling people in Gavin Cove. Maybe not. We don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. This, this Columbo. Columbo. I was gonna say. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was like, I you love Columbo. That's true. I have more of a Columbo. Uh, this, gives me, this gives me oh. a side thought. There's there's a uh, there's a adaptation of Agatha Christie's The Mirror Cracked, which is a Miss Marple where Angela Lansbury plays Miss Marple, but it's a weird one, and I don't know why, if you were like, let's make a Miss Marple, you would pick this one, because it's one where she's sick, and her nephew does most of the detecting. So it's like, you've got Angela Lansbury above the title as Miss Marple, and most of the time, she's sick, and Edward Fox as her nephew is like, doing the detecting and then comes back and then she sits she's like very interesting good job <laughs> good job well this also reminds me of a very specific season of uh, Murder She Wrote where like so so uh, she had Angela Lansbury signed a five year contract after five years she's like you know this just really takes a lot of work I'm really tired and they're like more what money. if yeah. for, I mean yeah exactly. which <laughs> get that money get that Angela money. make yeah. it rain all over <laughs> yeah. Lansbury Manor it's getting um, weird it's getting weird so she was like what if <laughs> I just take nine episodes basically off where they're like, you come in, you just say like, hi, I'm Jessica Fletcher. Do you know my good friend, Bill? Let me show you him. And then the whole episode's about Bill. And then she comes in at the end and goes, wasn't that a good story? And then she signed on. Wasn't that fun? And then she signed on for a lot more money for the last six seasons. Yep. And God bless her for that. I think it's great. That's business. That's business. That's business. That's Hollywood. Sounds like that Helen Mirren documentary now money. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
just coming in, introducing a show, and then at the end saying, now wasn't that fantastic? I also feel like Hill Moran doesn't say no to anything. No. If you're in a Fast and Furious movie, you say no to nothing. (laughs) That is, mm, I can't really argue with that. You can't, can you? (laughs) I'm surprised they don't have Samuel L. Jackson. He never says no. Mm, He'll get him. He's on the list. He's, he's, he's coming that's in. He's coming in. He'll be there. He'll get him. Okay, cool. I'm looking at the time. So, so <laughs> what are we here to talk about? So, so <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. This is yeah, a and I was like, idea. this is going to be a side tangent, but we've had 17 already. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Kenneth Branagh. Um, this week, I caught up on many of his whodunit directorial efforts, the Poirots, but also. Um, his first non-Shakespeare directing effort, Dead Again, written by Scott Frank, who wrote uh, Get Short, the movie versions of Get Shorty and Out of Sight, which I'm sure we've all seen, because I know because we watched it like two nights ago. We did. Um, Indeed we did. <laughs> um, but this was like Scott Frank's first real script. Like he, I read an interview with him. He's like, I wrote something before, but I didn't know how to write. But this is the first one where someone came in and was like, this is how you make a script. Anyhow. So Branagh directed that. He stars in it with uh, Emma Thompson. They both do very questionable American accents because uh, it's set in L.A. But then oh, it involves like past lives. And in a past life, she's British. Great. Gets to talk like herself. And he's German, Austrian. So he gets two questionable accents mm-hmm. in this film. He loves accents. But it's great. It's a, it's a great kind of pot boiler noirish um hitchcock almost uh vibe about like did he kill her in his past life and is he going to kill her again in this life kind of thing um robin williams has a great uh sort of like two scene role as a guy who's like yeah past lives are a thing dude i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah. and his name uh, was l ron hubbard and derek jacoby <laughs> <laughs> Lay there for a second. <laughs> uh, and Derek Jacoby, who said it was in LA, who's from like I Claudius and his pals with Brenna. He's he plays a hypnotist in uh, Dead Again. But I I wanted to n- name check him specifically because then I watched the Poirots, Murder on the Orient Express, 2017, and Death on the Nile, 2022 or 20. What you know what years they came out? They're yeah. the recent ones. Anyhow. Justin's head is spinning around. Derek Jacobi is the VIP of Murder on the Orient Express. He's like the good actor in that movie. I mean, Willem Dafoe's a great, like, they're all good. Uh, Daisy Ridley's really good. But, like, uh, he's the one who's like, oh, you can act a scene, whereas everyone else is, like, very broadly, like, I. I'm here. I'm here. Wait, which one's Willem Dafoe in? He's in Murder on the Orient Express. I don't remember that. Exactly. (laughs) I don't remember. He plays a guy pretending to be another guy, and like literally, when Poirot's like, "You're faking it," he's like, "You got me." Like, damn. I could rewatch it. Yeah. Pretty good to Yeah. I'm an acid impressions. I think you know this, and I don't know why you're making fun of me. I'm not. I'm truly not. That was a good to Okay. But now I'm questioning, um, so maybe it wasn't. But yeah, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, the first time I saw it, I thought it was super boring. Uh, rewatching it, maybe just because I know what was going to happen, uh, it's like, eh, this wasn't so boring, I enjoyed that. Then I watched Death on the Nile, and that was super boring, and I don't think anything will ever save it. 
But there's it so is... much champagne. <sighs> yeah, there's enough champagne to fill the Nile, for sure. True. But um, there's just also the the cast is cursed. We we don't, we don't need to get into it, but Death on the Nile was not a promising Alan. second film. Alan. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Pretend I'm a dummy. <laughs> We're Sorry. not gonna talk okay. about it. Okay. The guy eats the guy, you know. You gotta mm-hmm. move past you gotta that. call a curse a curse. <laughs> imagine. Uh, never mind. So I don't, don't imagine. I, I literally have an entire list of why I think that movie is absolute garbage. If you want me to run it yes, down for you, please. And which I've never seen it, so I'd like to color know. Color my thoughts about the film we watched for this okay. podcast. Oh, but um, but, but also I, I did text you guys when I when I watched it. It does open with. This de-aging. flashback yeah. that has just the worst de-aging CGI I've ever you seen. His face list. freaking wobbles. It's um, It's just uh, yeah, but but I think you should run down run down your list. Tell me I why mean, I shouldn't. Everything watch it. about Death of the Nile is absolutely absurd. I mean, honestly, maybe watch it just because it's so bad. Like it is. Well, didn't, like, didn't you say that there was? Oh, you were watching something else. Where are they available to stream or no? Death on the Nile, I think, is on Hulu it's right on now. Right now. Hulu. Yeah. But I, I did have to. Uh, Do you want to feel like make insane. some ways to I see have some other things? Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's hear it. Sign me so up. it begins again with a with a flashback, the thing that all Perot movies should start with. It begins with a literal origin story for his mustache. Do, have you ever which, wondered which on on October thirty first, nineteen fourteen, it is Halloween. It is Halloween. Yeah, for well, all no these movies reason. are taking place on Halloween for some. Well, except for the Express, I don't think. But the last two are Halloween pictures for some reason. Uh, oh wait, oh when he gets his mustache is October thirty first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe the flashback that, they put oh, on the Lord. screen, October thirty first, nineteen fourteen. Maybe that was Christ the Easter heaven. egg, letting people know that this would be the next film in this franchise. That doesn't make Years sense. Later, They're calling their shot. Yeah, wow. I get it. It's yeah, so it starts with a horribly de-aged Kenneth Branagh. There's like a fake out where you see a guy with a mustache and you're like, is this supposed to be him? And then they cut to young looking de-aged Kenneth Branagh, uncanny valley, and then you're like, no, but he's gonna get a face wound right under his nose and above his lip where a mustache would fit perfectly. Because everybody has to have a haunted backstory. Otherwise, how could we possibly relate to the world's greatest detective if he wasn't yeah. sad? Oh, yeah. Now that I know the mustache scar. story, that I respect it a lot say more. Is like, so. there, there was that stretch where Breno was playing Wallander for the BBC, mm. which is like the this dark Norwegian, or Scandinavian at least, detective story and it, it feels like he was just like oh well all detectives have to be like dark and haunted and no they need don't. a deep backstory they can just be silly mustache wearing uh Poirot is yeah. a man of fashion yeah a man yeah the he's man. like vain not- like it's missing out on the point that he's just like a vain fancy boy yeah. and they're like no 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 and then like his his nurse girlfriend like is like you could grow a mustache and then she dies in a bombing i want to say yeah wow. which they and set up him- in the murder on the orient express movie and they're like we're gonna pay this off and death on the nile guess what oh, she died she's dead oh. Because he's got to be sad and be open to falling in love again. Because that's the point of this movie. Why solve a murder if at the end he doesn't go to a dance hall to meet up with a lady? I have a Uh, question. Hit me. You guys have mustache abilities. I do not. If you get a scar above your lip, does the hair still grow? Would no, his, I would don't that, think that's, so. That's the thing, yeah, I don't think it would grow across the scar tissue. It is, like, quite a... I mean, if it's a giant, you yeah. do, like, a mustache comb-over, 
Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. But the way his mustache is so full and like he like curls it basically. He's got those yeah. like double looks like two mustaches tears. on top of Wait, the Wait, are chair. you saying that it's yeah. implausible? Yeah. It is highly implausible. I am. And maybe even something that like if Agatha Christie thought of it, she'd be like, nah. No. <laughs> That's Don't need dumb. it. Not <laughs> important. Why would anyone care about this? <laughs> Turns out we don't. She'd be uh, like, um, he dyes it black on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what more do you need? Other absurd things: Gal Gadot and Emma Mackey from Sex Education are meant to be childhood best friends, while with an 11-year age gap between them. For sure, <laughs> that makes yeah, well, perfect sure. sense. They're both like, Plausible. and we were at school together, and she stole my play and the my part in the play. And you're That's like, cool. sure, of course, yeah. I don't believe Gal Gadot has friends. No, oh yeah. I mean, uh, also Gal Gadot <laughs> is in this movie um, with. Other people who we don't want to talk about. Um, Which ones? Alan I can, wants I can to run know. down for you. You want to? We can, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're already, we're already <laughs> derailed. I up. mean, there is no, a no, moment no. where a certain person. Oh, uh, I didn't even. Oh, oh, I'm such a genius. I didn't even mean wow. to say that. Oh, sorry, continue. <laughs> They do have multiple scenes of people freaking it on the dance floor for some reason. Like, in what year? Uh, nineteen in between World War One and Two. Well, that that's the thing. That's so yeah, so it's it so I, it's set in thirty seven. Thirty seven, and all the like needle drops in that movie are at least five to fifteen years later, and I'm like. Oh, these people are like, you know, they have the power of second sight because they know all these songs that are not out yet. It's a lot of people going, it's your cousin Marvin, Barry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're It's like, your Wee. sister, Rosetta, Rosetta Tharp. You're going to love this new sound. Yeah, it's a lot of that. that uh, some blues fans are really oh, going to like that the joke. CGI in this in that film is truly, it looks like they 80% rendered it and then we're just like, okay, shoot it. Let's let it go. It's yes. got to go people carry over from the first movie who then have to, I don't understand it at all. People uh, besides Poirot? Yeah, because they're like, we have to build out the Poirot cinematic universe. Yeah. And if yeah. he doesn't bring Do a you friend remember with him like from the first the, movie. The guy who gets him on the Orient Express, he's also on this boat. Turns out he's his best friend. Yeah. They get along. Uh, Is it's that the guy who pushed people into the river in our movie? No, 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 they stop. Right, that, so, so here's the moment where we'll just say this entire episode is spoilers top to bottom. Yeah. No, that fucking guy dies in yeah. Death on the Nile. Yeah, they, Wait, not kill him. they kill his friend in front of him. Wait, sorry. And then so what year is Death on the Nile? 37. So, and then this, this movie is 47. 47. 47. Haunting in Venice is supposed to be 10 years later. And this the dead man is now alive? And the dead man is now alive? No, no, no. He's still dead in Death He dies in Death of the Nile and then he doesn't... They don't carry anybody over. Oh, we're talking about different friends. Yeah, I this is Death yeah, of okay, the Nile. Okay. Yeah, this is why Death of the Nile is, is so bad. Uh, well, here's something I noticed too, watching uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile back to back. Is he's got more salt and pepper yeah. in Murder on the Orient Express than the movie that's supposed to take place like six months later? Well, maybe maybe he's dyeing his hair like he does in the books. Yeah, um, where he tries to look younger than he is. Yeah, to you know. If if his best friend had maybe made a funny joke about it, I would buy it. But instead, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, we hired new makeup and hair people who don't continuity. Know. What? What's huh? that? They what fired the do? ones. From before, because they figured scar tissue 
hair can't grow out of that. You're fired. You're fired. You should have told us that. If it was the end of this movie, they literally just like he like popped his mustache off. It'd be incredible. That would be fine. And then I gotta put this new one on. Yeah. And then just like there's Velcro under there. That would have been great. Also, Death of the Nile is two hours and seven minutes long. No. It's insane. It's a long river. Honestly, so and the problem is like some of the Christie's. Some of the Christie's, the murders happen quick, like like in the book Halloween Party, like murder happens in like chapter two, mm-hmm. um, uh, or actually between chapter one and two. But that's getting that's get splitting that filthy liar out of there. Man. Get that filthy little liar <laughs> out of here. Um, and I think I like Murder on the Orient Express, it's like you know in screenwriting terms, the end of Act One, but like Death on the Nile, half the movie before anybody dies. Um, actually, long. if you watch the second half of Death on the Nile, it's probably good because it's just like it's just it's the, a whodunit. It's, it's the just actual the whodunit movie, part. Yeah. Instead of the like, look at all these funny rich people doing this. like, why are French and Saunders even there? Anyhow, um, French and Saunders, British sketch. No, duo? no, they're all fun. Okay, <laughs> no, Fry and Laurie. And so I've seen the used enough <laughs> Death on the Nile, which is actually kind of good because it's the 70s and nobody there were like no rules about like we can't shoot people just being on real pyramids so it's kind of insane to see like how you're like this would never be allowed anymore obviously and that's why they did it all in cgi it looks bad but uh but it's like at least that holds your attention because you're like looking at a real thing yeah in front of a camera as opposed to just like we're in a parking lot in atlanta yeah, and isn't it beautiful? Well, it's movie it's magic, crazy. man. It is beautiful. So, uh, so apparently, you know, magic. Death on the Nile cost like ninety million dollars to what? make, which probably went to the cast, I guess. Which is why they're like, let's do something in one location with like half a famous person, well, Oscar, Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh. But um, and uh, we we announced the spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah spoilers it's all the way. First to die? I mean, bullshit. So, let everybody else live. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't even a filthy little liar child. She was she a total. Little little they, gave, they gave her the name of the of the filthy little liar, liar child, child from the book, but um, if the filthy little liar beef. grew up, you know, so, came con artist. So, so she wouldn't again, be as try, cool try as that little girl wearing a that bumblebee outfit. That is. How do we want to parse this this uh, oh, weird yeah. disconnect between the book and the movie because they are. They didn't even take the name of Halloween Party, so it's it's very odd that they're even like based on Halloween Party. Yeah, there they weren't. Like some it wasn't even a Halloween somewhere. party that they were at. They went to a séance. Yeah. Well, it starts as a Halloween well, the party. kids have a Halloween a party after. That wasn't even really a party because they just like ran around. <laughs> it was just like a haunted like. It's just like they were like, let's thing. take a tour of this haunted palazzo that no one can leave, and then the kids all <laughs> left. They showed them a scary movie. The, so weird the, the way that guy vendetta. like roped mm-hmm. down to like pull the the wow. screen taut. That was just weird. And then uh, I did appreciate the Hans Christian Andersen esque cutout movie yeah. that yeah. they did. Oh the yeah, the little play. yeah the shadow, shadow play. Yeah. Shadow puppets. Okay. So yeah, I, I don't know, Tyler. If you do, you want to just because we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Do you yeah. want to just quickly run down the plot of the movie so that way when we say random things, it will make sense to listeners who. Maybe yeah. ill-advisedly are continuing down this path with us. Wait, movie yeah. or book? Or book or both? Movie. The movie. Movie? Yeah, we're going to hash out the movie. 
Okay. Because we're sort of on a movie path right now. And then we'll start talking book. We'll talk BBC adaptation of book. We'll we'll go down that road. Okay. So please do. A Haunting in Venice. A Haunting in Venice, 1947. We begin in Meteoris. Hercule Poirot. I don't think we do, actually. I know. And that's like a 50 I just like saying that. Most of these are Usually. Wow. Yeah, does he have... He doesn't have a little case he solves at the beginning because he is... Uh, retired. He's retired. But we hey. start. We start with Chekhov's gull. Chekhov's water. Oh, well, but we do yeah. begin with we the do nightmare. Begin. Yes. Some really right. Sorry. Well, it's not really. Alright, Anyways. Um, Go. <laughs> uh, there's a. We're in Venice, and there's a haunting. Uh, basically, Perrault. 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 You now retire. He is sick of solving murder. French people. So it's fine. Uh, and the people, they line up outside his house. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, because they... Well, so, here's really... It's post-World War II. Europe has been thrown into the... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it's it's a a back. oh no. Fascism has fallen across of Europe. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he is no longer wanting to solve murders. Uh, he's visited by an old friend, Adri- Ariadne... Uh, who's played by Tina Fey? A really believable like, character. A total, yeah. uh, basically, it is interesting because she's playing an Agatha Christie stand-in in an Agatha Christie thing, which is kind of like a she's a mystery writer who's like Perot's good old friend who only eats apples and which which they they give like lip service to in the movie, and I was like, why even do that? Because it becomes irrelevant uh, very quickly. Yeah. But I guess just because Ariadne. Is in a bunch of books. It's a bunch so of books. if you're at all a Christie head, you'd be like, "We want her to. We want her to like apples. We want her to only eat apples before dinner." I was going to say that's, that's, that's an important line. detail. It is mm-hmm. like a only apples till dinner. It's kind of an interesting diet. <laughs> she's on that apple diet. Uh, she's like, I got a thing for you to solve. It's not necessarily a murder. There's actually this woman who does seances, and I don't understand how she does it. Can you come out of retirement to prove her wrong? They go to. Does she already say like I might write a book about her because like yeah, my past three books have tanked or whatever? Yeah, I think yeah. every yeah. scene she's in, she's, she's like, like my she my needs a hit. Books have tanked. She needs a hit, and it's all because of reviewers. It's not These because of the story. Evil, no. evil <laughs> critics. Fucking yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she he decides to tag along to a Halloween party in a haunted palazzo. <laughs> Uh, where we meet Rowena, Rowena Drake, played by Kelly Riley, whose daughter is dead and wants to contact her with a bunch of other people. Uh, they do the seance. It's convincing. Well, can you, let, let's name off some of the things. You got the like haunted doctor. Yes, haunted doctor his, who cared for her and is a World War II vet who has a son who takes care of him. Shell shocked pop. Creepy little per, son. Precocious talented Mr. Ripley and training son who carries, who carries his pills for him yes <laughs> and doles out his medicine doles what, out his I, medicine am I wrong and I don't know if it was clear enough or maybe I filled it in but did he what did he witness a concentration camp he did he did he, say like, that was yeah part of, he like, was part of the, the doctor force. did yeah he was oh, evacuating he was a concentration camp yeah, clearly he didn't like, stick with and him and trying to help them he's 
killed a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, he was like, yeah. The milk and destroyed him. Like, like he's and, the yeah. most tragic character. He really, <laughs> truly is, yeah. He's so messed yeah. up. Yeah, because he, like, comes back from the war, doesn't see any patients. Rowena Drake's like, my daughter's going through this insane illness, and then she dies, and he obviously feels more responsible. Yeah. Um, Especially since they told him, you should not practice. Yeah, you should <laughs> stop. You should stop. Your small uh, little son is And he's like, let me do your favor. Oh, you're, your nine-year-old son it will later be revealed as better at understanding the symptoms than you are. Yeah. Um, who else is there? There is so, so the two. But just real quick, the yeah. doctor is played by Christian Gray, right? Mr. Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Dornan. Yeah. And yeah. the kid is from Belfast. I think yeah. they're both technically from Belfast. Yeah. Actually, oh, as well. I didn't see Belfast. Dornan's in Belfast too. I don't so like Oscar the winners. Yeah. The child is I, also in Belfast. And the child Belfast. is a Belfast boy. Okay. I kid. I'm the Belfast, Belfast boy. boy. <laughs> hey, let's write a hit. Let's write a song <laughs> live. Uh, you heard it here first. Oh. Instead of Galwinker, Belfast <laughs> <laughs> boy. boy. No, that's the. That's it's got a picture. Okay, we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're we're gonna be here for four hours. There are <laughs> there's there's Michelle her, ex, her, her like ex boyfriend, her ex boyfriend who's a chef who wants to marry a rich person. He comes back because he Don't gets invited. Uh, they're the two assistants of Michelle Yao who are obsessed with Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, who are there? Who are revealed after like Poirot is like, oh yeah, this yeah. seance is bullshit. There's two people over there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. here? Yeah, exactly. There's a man uh, in the He's got like Fireplace. a magnet type writer. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, who else is? It? And then uh, um, Oliver. I don't remember uh, her name, but the housekeeper. Oh, housekeeper lady. Um, I saw her most recently in the last season of Killing Eve, oh, which okay. she was great in. But like, I thought she fit best in this film. Yeah, she was good in this. That she was just doing her part, and that was what was required of her. Mm-hmm. But she fit. She wasn't doing a weird accent. She wasn't an American. Was well, she not country. doing a weird accent? She was doing. She was, like, she was doing like a Central European accent. Yeah. But, like, uh, but is that her? Accent? But we don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't. Okay. We don't know that. She did that's something bad. similar in Killing Eve. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like, isn't also Dornan like not doing? Is he doing like his accent? Let's not get into it. Okay, all right, anyways. Uh, yeah, all right, this <laughs> is too much. Yeah, let's remember talk that movie well story. enough? No, no. Uh, I just think that's everybody who was at the party, right? Oh, and then, like, Perot's bodyguard. He was hot. Yeah. Who, cool guy. Hot Italian cop. Hot Italian cop. Hot ex-cop. Hot cop. Hot ex-cop. Hot smoky cop. That's true. And so, he gave up being a cop, so we don't have to ache-cap him. Exactly. Nice. So, I'll jump in a little bit. In my notes, I called him Alfred. They do a seance at the spooky seance. Michelle Yeoh's medium, whose name is Joyce Reynolds. Uh, yep. Filthy little liar girl. <laughs> There's a better up. Joyce Reynolds in literature, but we'll get into that. Um, at the seance, she's like, oh, you you were killed? Oh, I think I can see who killed you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they, then they definitely play it both ways, where you're like, is Michelle Yeoh bullshitting or not? And then at a certain yeah. point, you're like, she's is it, definitely bullshitting. Is it bullshitting. like, uh, what's yeah. that, what was that show? Like, Shut Eyes? Like, oh, can he really see, but just uses it Oh, yeah, scam yeah, too. Right, yeah. um, maybe that's not what Shut Eyes about. There's, there's definitely something like that where it's psych, like I have maybe. psych, maybe the Frighteners. That's, that's, that's basically it's like yeah, I can speak to ghosts, answer. but also yeah. I'm scamming you. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so whoever is responsible for the death of the girl kills Michelle Yao, throws her out a window, right? And she <laughs> lands with like a statue. No, she, she gets. She gets yeah. skewered by a full-on hand, by an arm. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't even Arm out the window, death. it was just like into the foyer. Yes. <laughs> Off the foyer. Off the foyer. Yeah. So then beautiful times. oh, there's a yeah. big storm. So then, because it's Venice, and Venice is sinking. 
Uh, so they can't leave the palazzo. They yeah. lock the well, doors. But, all, and but, but also, like, yeah, like Poirot is like, all right, you, one of you did, did it. it. It's got to be someone in this house. I've been in this situation I, before. Let yeah. me work. He's uh, like, even though the book takes place over like a week or so, this has got to be one night. We only got we got less money than the last movie. Let's yeah. do this. Oh, boy. What a miracle that this thing made, <laughs> honestly. Uh, yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, and anyways. He parses some clues. Yeah, he uh, start he starts hallucinating. Oh yeah, <laughs> is he hallucinating or is he really seeing a ghost girl? Right, because there is a whole thing about this palazzo was like I did think with he's hallucinating, so he's a hallucinating. He might be hallucinating girl, actually, but it was like a children's orphanage where they let kids die during the plague or Truly something. Truly doesn't matter. And so the children's it. vendetta. The children's vendetta, vendetta. Yeah. against there's, there's doctors like and nurses. <laughs> They were, he was a nurse during the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thus, they will be killed. Um, yeah. You missed a very important part, which was Baba the Rabbit. Baba. Yes. Mm-hmm. Baba. Um, Baba. Oh, yes, who plays a huge part of the yeah. Um The Foley work on Baba's noise was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah. Best part of the film, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty much it. So that's that's the plot You've of the thing. You've seen a lot room mystery, folks? Start, start, yeah, start, start uh, batting around. The old picture. So, yeah. so we got Baba the Rabbit, clearly yeah. the star. It, he absolutely was. The plot here is involves honey. Oh, you're gonna call it oh, a yeah. plot? Yeah, I, very loose plot. I mean, yeah. So, so Poirot does what he does, and he just goes around. And he's like, "So, how did you know the dead girl?" Oh, the, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he gets the bottom of yeah, he, he interviews like two it. people, trips on some like fucked up honey, oh, yeah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, here's what happened." And yeah. you're like, "Oh, uh, okay." Someone the else second, gets murdered. The second you walk into a haunted palazzo, right, mm-hmm. and you're surrounded by classic art, and it's dark, and the curtains are heavy and blocking out all the light, and you're freaking out, and it's a storm, and the the lady of the house offers you a cup of tea. You never take the cup of tea when like ghosts are about sure. and you know murdered children exist in this and when building. tina Fey says i found this honey in the closet yeah and she's <laughs> like the linen closet yeah so the second the second you're offered a cup of tea in a gothic atmosphere just know <laughs> it's been spiked and that is going to be the crux of everything is is this yeah. cup of tea. And if you start like, seeing really ghost dogs, place. like, you're in the wrong mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you don't believe in ghosts and you start hearing, like, little whispers of little girls in the back of your mind, you know, double-check the linen yeah. cupboard, honey. But they <laughs> definitely try to play it both ways at the very end. Well, that's, I think, a fun little, like, Brana Poro kind of character study bit. It's yeah. like how he's trying to break down and add nuance to this very like strict character of I make my lists and I have my methods and that's yeah. what I stick to. He's kind of trying to add this like weird emotional kind of nuance to him where it's like, ooh, does he believe does he believe Maybe. now more? Is he yeah. healing somehow through his murder cases? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they kind of imply that, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then he like has a whole a whole back. new Yeah, by the end he's like, I'm back, baby. Yeah. I don't need these. God these is more real and I'm the best. Let's fucking go. You guys, I just remembered. I'll see you soon, Dad. Oh, I was waiting for that. The most haunting last line. <laughs> fucking see you soon, Dad. Oh, we forgot about the bird. There's a bird. I said, yeah, oh, Chekhov's skull in the yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. No, 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 the, the cockatoo. 
Oh yeah, yes, the cockatoo yeah. that that belonged to the dead girl that only talks with her. That only yeah, talks with her. Talking. And like yeah, it was sad. It I thought talking. I thought that the bird was gonna have more of a role, but it the did. bird doesn't. I do thought it. a lot like of things would have more of a role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like well, the characters like, you would in think the book. Like, oh mm-hmm. well, I'm sure Agatha Christie worked out this plot. Oh no, it was just Michael Green, the guy who wrote the last two scripts, and was yeah. like, I can do this. I got it. Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> One of the killers would still I be am, the same. I but, am uh, curious, yeah. did any of the spooky stuff get you at all? Because I will say, the climactic <laughs> appearance of the ghost, mm-hmm. which might, which, is it a ghost? Is it, is it still, he's hallucinating? That did get me. What not, ghost? Not so, At the like, very end when she's like hovering? Like when he's confronting... Yeah. Rowena. Rowena Drake the killer. <clears throat> oh, and she's behind And her. like... There's a and ghost behind gets, her like, that like pulls her off. Oh, that's fun. I was like, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That was pretty. That's pretty good. Uh, I, mean, I was having I too much fun good. watching it. And, yeah, and kind of I had, at it. Yeah, because I was gonna say like the moment that they're clearly trying to do is like when he's like, oh, I gotta wash my face in the yeah. sink. I'm like, oh, there's something behind me. Yeah, it's like yes. that. That it's, didn't get me because it's like the thing that's in 700 so movies. So obvious, but I think it's like <laughs> fine. I don't know. Some of the obvious things were like fun to watch. I also told these folks I do not go to the cinema often and so I don't have very good movie etiquette I was very loud in this film because <laughs> yeah. and but I think it and taking notes I was oh my I was taking notes mm-hmm. but I think that my my favorite predictable moment was when they locked Jamie Dornan in yes. the room oh, well, yeah. that has no he couldn't get out from the inside well, the entire audience was screaming Scree- like, we were screaming we like, ah, ah, fucking dead man walking it's a soundproof room soundproof yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, 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 we'll put him in the soundproof room <laughs> and I have the yeah. only key we'll lock the door Dorn. I'm sure he'll, he'll be, be fine, fine. <laughs> it was pretty she great. just she like Rowena just said it so like be fine in this soundproof exit room, room yeah. that no one I, knows. I no have one the one in, key, no one it out. and it'll be fine. He'll no, be perfectly no safe. Don't worry about he'll, it. Yeah. He'll get a nice rest. He'll be refreshed and will yeah. yeah. not so oh, And that was also when right before they left that room, his son kissed him on the uh-huh. forehead, but did not close his eyes when he yeah. kissed him on the forehead, was still looking straight ahead, which I said that was the moment for me. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, I was like, that kid's a psychopath. Yeah, does Just that wait. kid become like, what is that? For sure. Well, cause that's it the, felt like the, that's a that. send-off to like, that, that, that kid that, becomes that's, someone crazy. That's yeah. the thing that like, is the half idea that's from the Halloween party, is <laughs> that this is all his fault because he was blackmailing yeah. Rowena Drake. Yeah. 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 And because he's better at reading his dad's doctor notes than his own <laughs> yeah. father. He's like, well, this is clearly well, a case of Munchausen by proxy and this tea. Hey, he's book smart. Come on. Yeah, he's he's in. This yeah. is what happens yeah. when parentification happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's get into it. Let's get into it. We could have a whole psychological <laughs> I got survey on the side, yeah. you know? Let children be children. Listeners, yeah, let them bob for apples. He is kind of parenting up. I mean, I don't know yeah. if I'd let them bob for apples, because clearly it leads to death I'm, if you're reading the book. I'm yeah. never bobbing for apples. Never again. Never. Yeah. yeah. It's that's, never really that's the other thing idea. that pays lip service. So, the child so, death so we can, or Kenneth so we can, Branagh's So we can start segueing a little bit, is that in the <laughs> book, Halloween Party, the victim is killed by being drowned in a bucket of bobbing for apples. And in the movie... Uh, Poirot's like, you know what? I should really, 
I should just get into the spirit of this thing. I should. I should make my hair down. Sweet, sweet love to these apples. All alone. Let me just bob in this empty room for apples. There is nothing could happen. And it just holds on it so long. He's not even like trying to bite. It's like the most sensual thing in the movie. Like he's just like. And then because he's wearing Joyce Reynolds's coat, he almost gets drowned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Case of mistaken identity. She should have just killed him. Would have been done. <laughs> I, it would yeah, be actually, yeah. Bang, if boom. you really want to cover then your tracks, she already knows kill who he is. The world's yeah. greatest detective, yeah. maybe. <laughs> it's like, oops, not Joyce Reynolds. Anyhow. Oh, uh, oh shit. Oh, bummer. Oh, fuck. Um, you know how you could have figured out it wasn't her if she was an actual filthy little liar child like she was supposed to be. <laughs> so, do you two want to try <laughs> summarizing <laughs> the book? Because you also watched the BBC David Suchet Poirot we episode. Did. We did. I watched that this morning. Of Halloween Party. Oh, okay. It was fun. You can, it was really fun. It's also really different in interesting ways. Yes, but still clear enough an, yeah. of an adapt, like an actual still adaptation. Still clearly coming from that An world, adaptation. That book, yes. Yeah. Um, is it set in the '60s like the book is, or? Uh, mm, I don't. I think it's a. I think it's '40s because there's a lot of radios that people are listening yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, costumes are more '40s than '60s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we, I guess we should just. But they're still say, in Woodley Common. Oh, Woodley Common. Yeah. They're yeah. still in Woodley Common. Yes. Before we get really into the plot, let's just say that this whole book is written as like Agatha Christie being like, "Kids these days, yeah. I don't like them." Yeah. yeah. yeah they with do their, things with differently. Their long hairs and their flared trousers and people yeah. live in suburbs now, and I hate it. Yeah. People <laughs> do this now, and I don't like. It. There are sex crimes now. Yeah. And, and, and mentally <laughs> challenged people out and about. Yeah. yeah. There is a. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> assumed it's a mentally challenged. Uh, <laughs> is there any yeah. way like to rehabilitate them? Times. We don't know. Yeah. There's it's also still- like a weird. Like Perot now in like the sixties is like into like crime eugenics where he's yeah. like, there's biology that makes these people criminals and they're like, no, hold on here, Mel. What's he talking about? So Halloween Party, the novel is truly a cautionary tale of the middle class in the suburbs and the horrors that lie in the. Preach it, Allison. Preach it. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a whodunit. There's a uh, is her last name Reynolds in the book too? Joyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Leopold so, Reynolds. And yeah. Her, yeah. So Joyce Reynolds is a a little precocious child in the I don't know if they make this point in the book, but in the BBC version, she's dressed as a bumblebee, which makes her death even more humiliating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty tragic. It's pretty tragic. She's dressed as a bumblebee, and especially um, when they flashback to the scene yeah, of her murder, I was like, "Dude, so come bad. on!" <laughs> it's <laughs> rough. It's rough. But she—they're uh, at a Halloween party, which is an actual Halloween party for children that they throw in this suburb for the children. Full of vegetable mallows. Vegetable mallows. <laughs> uh, Snapdragon, flaming snapdragons. Yeah. With so, the accompanying so, song. With the song, so creepy. Re- real quick, just that's such a letdown. Is because Ariadne Oliver is such a fun fuddy-duddy in the book mm-hmm. and like Tina Fey doesn't even like her, her version of it isn't even anything like there's not yeah. a character there no. but like like there's a whole bit in chapter one where she's just like is this a yellow pumpkin or a vegetable marrow I can never tell the difference oh, oh, oh. I never thought about water before it's awful it's awful stuff <laughs> No, I just truly believe that Kenneth read this book and was like, I'm in love with this concept. I love Mrs. Oliver. I love her apples and all of her 
all her quirky little things that she says. I need her in a film. I just need her but, to talk with me, yeah. but yeah. do nothing else. Yeah, but then, but then he kept reading Agatha Christie's novel and was like, this is the most boring book ever. I can't make yeah. this a movie. It's just about wills and the different names on, what, what are they called? Codicils. codicils. Oh, the codicils, yeah. The codicils. There codicils. is a lot, um, a lot of codicils. A lot of wills and codicils. And Although I didn't yeah. mind it as much on the audiobook. Oh, okay. No. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess reading it, I was just but like, reading oh, it, yeah, I would have been I, I, think it's, I, I think the thing that does make it a little repetitive in the book is just that everyone has the same opinion of like, yeah, young men are going around. Be, like, yeah. everyone has the same yeah. point of view. Yeah. Like, but they're different now. They're right. Don't they're right. They're kind of right, though. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out. What times they were changing and they were pointing Honestly, it out. Honestly, it is a wild young man doing what he wants. But yeah. do we even know how old that guy is? We don't. We, we were talking about Because he is like, old enough to, Michael have, to have sired a child. Yeah. Wow. It's we gotta, sire. We gotta stop hanging out, Justin. Just that like, was too close. <laughs> Just or like it's about the horrors yeah, of the together. middle class. He's this weird guy in the middle a somewhere. Fringe, yeah. He's like a fringe, fringe guy. He keeps a garden. He keeps a garden. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert where he buries his dead yeah. people. Because for most of it, the the red herring is this is this au pair who's run away, who tried to forge a will. Well, and real quick, we should say, because we didn't get that yes. Joyce is killed because during the Halloween party, she says... Oh, Miss Ariadne Oliver, you wrote those books about the detective. I mar- I witnessed a murder one time. Oh, and everyone's like, Choice, shut up, you, you stupid liar, filthy liar. You <laughs> never did. Like, no, no I, just, I did. I, yeah. did. I didn't. I didn't know that it was a murder at the time. But then thinking about it after, it was definitely a murder. Yeah. Joyce, we don't believe a word you're oh, saying. Really? You're yeah. lying about so seeing animals <laughs> all the time, Joyce. <laughs> all the time. So, so that's the thing that's so funny at the end when it's revealed that. Joyce did lie, and it was her friend who saw the murder. Yeah. Is is that is that I love is that, Joyce. Is that I know. Poirot, is Justice that Poirot for Joyce. is like well, every single person I talked to called her a liar, so I just had to assume yeah. she actually was is. a liar. And she did not see even a murder, the, but maybe her vicar, friend did. Yeah. The vicar called her a liar. The vicar. The vicar. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. Joyce she's Reynolds is, be is alternately called silly, stupid. Filthy, filthy liar, liar. And filthy little liar. Yeah, yeah. Justice She was my sister, <laughs> but she—you can't believe All she a word. Did was she lie said, her whole life. She lied murdered. her whole life. So sad. <laughs> and in that way, you could kind of argue she deserved it. No. Yeah. Oh, 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 we got him on record. All right. Whoa. He's pro child murder. Yeah. Cut the I mean, clearly. <laughs> Clearly, Agatha this was, was like. This was all I'm to just get to this point. To get to that point. Got him. Get me out of here in handcuffs. Yeah. Actually, the movie's good. Okay, uh, oh, really oh, take oh, a moment. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that show. Okay, yeah. all right. Sorry, I was being drunk on the handcuffs, but I got away. So <laughs> you got to yell it out. I had to yell it, so I was being drunk away. Any other sort of like little? Oh, every woman in that town is a lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the in the, in the BBC version. In the BBC version. In the book. In the book. The mm-hmm. book. I mean, her name's Judith Butler. I mean, <laughs> like, and there's, yeah, there's, oh, like, yeah, yeah, the Ariadne's, like, cruise friend, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah we met yeah. On, a on a cruise, and now I'm gonna so stay with her at her house, uh-huh. yeah. and her name is Judith Butler, that does sound like something, <laughs> yeah, you would hear, what were we saying? oh, cruise, 
Yes, yeah, yeah, every clear euphemism. Clear yeah. euphemism. <laughs> no, every homosexuality. Every woman cruise. is a lesbian Cruising in the cruise. town. Yeah. It's like they all they just share such a a close bond, and they live with each other, and they you know throw children they throw children's parties together, and they, you there's know, just you got to think survive. of reasons to be together. Yeah. Yeah. No one has a husband. No one has a husband. All the husbands are dead. They're all yeah. banging the weird yes, gardener. Perot should get I to the mean, bottom of that. More We're than one of them are banging the gardener. Yeah. yeah, and like a gardener too. Like he's so romantic and grows roses or whatever. Long like flowing hair. Long yeah, flowing hair. hair. He's beautiful. Weird yeah. facial he's lines. Not just, he's not a manly man. He's a no. beautiful man. Perot even says so in the book. Yeah. Like, I never thought of a man as beautiful. Beautiful. Until now. And it's like, oh, yeah, buddy. That's pretty gay. <laughs> and his name is Michael Gardner. The, yeah. the whole way he gets to it real quick is just sort of like, this is a small town where like, nothing ever happens here. Oh, there were like four weird yeah. deaths. Yeah. 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 But like, nobody thought about all these those. murders yeah. and mysterious deaths. They're oh, not connected. And so, so they're kid like, who so died like, in the quarry. Yeah. That one guy got knifed. But nothing ever happens here. Then that girl disappeared. Yeah. Like, and oh, she Jesus. never, it was too late. too late. I told her how I felt. It wasn't the same. same. Right. I'm like, girl, you were in love. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and the, so this, this garden architect guy was working for the old woman who passed under mysterious circumstances. There was a forged codicil to her will that seemed <laughs> to, that seemed to benefit this, uh, like. And the lawyer know, didn't catch her. that it was fake. Bad lawyer. Bad lawyer. Bad lawyer. Poirot found well, it. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out it wasn't just a uh, fake to benefit uh, our au pair girl. It was also fake to benefit uh, our architect friend and uh, and his lady friend, yeah. who is also Rowena Drake. Drake who yes. at the house Rowena. where the party was. There's a there's a little bit there's a little bit of like intermingling. Like wait, who who was that again and why? So yeah. many. There's lessons. a lot of names. It's and it's then, truly Agatha's most thrilling tale. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did, I did like, really enjoy the audio. Really I, mean, yeah. I did like the characterization of Miranda, though, like um, who's Judith's Judith's daughter. Yeah. Who's like the one that actually sees the murder because she's up a tree, like looking at squirrels, <laughs> and like, yeah. like yeah. while she's looking at squirrels, she's like, "Wow, those two people are carrying away a body." body. That's crazy. <laughs> That's weird. That yeah. That she's might like, be a murder. she's like, I was nine. I didn't know what murder was. Now. I realized they were carrying away a murder victim. <laughs> I would have known at nine. Yeah, I think most people uh, yeah. at nine would have. Maybe it's because of the Maybe suburbs. it's a Woodley Common mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 Cut off from the world. A lot of people dying in the suburbs. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> what do you have to say to that, Agatha? Do you think, like, Agatha Christie saw a photo of, like, Mick Jagger and was like, A beautiful man! <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen one before! <laughs> no, David to... Bowie? Yeah, uh, yeah, you should have gone with Bowie. Yeah, they're, both pretty, they're, they're both pretty. They're both pretty. When they're young. David Jones Bowie. Bowie. Oh, um, I've never seen a man like this. Yeah. Nice. All right, we're, I'm looking at the time. <laughs> that, that's my. That's my. Like, okay, I'm looking at the time. Um, final notes that must be noted. Um, my favorite part like of the book is um, all the drinks that are offered to Poro in, mm. in the beginning, where they're just like. His friend is just listing off. Would you like rose hip syrup or 
beer or what about ginger beer or i have cocoa my sister's a cocoa girl um i could combine lemon barley water yeah would yeah. you like lemon barley water or do you Kinda, just want tea yeah. or do you just want water and i can actually make you a shandy which is ginger beer in beer and yeah. then far i was just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank like, you for reading the whole list <laughs> like, yeah. so like, truly, have you dined with us before we have a really our specials are quite yeah, it's truly just so many drinks um and then oh god what was my favorite part of the book was that little girl getting called filthy liar over and over again. It was really funny it's every time. It's really funny. It. Yeah, no one had sympathy because for her. Well, no, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, she was, just, she was pretty good. Also, I she was a fucking liar. liar dude. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. It's like, yeah, I don't want to speak ill of the dead for five, four, three, two, Everything one. that came out of her mouth was a lie. And it was just, I remember Even when... her mom says Her so. mom says it. Her brother said Everybody said it. And I just remember the first time when I read it, when I originally brought them to Justin, was I would come into the store every day and be like, they called her a liar again. You guys, I cannot believe this. They're just calling her a filthy liar. Yesterday was her brother. Today it's her mom. And now everyone in town, including the fucking priest, is like, she's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe a word she says. I hadn't seen someone like brazenly like throw down with a child like that in a minute. Yeah. But it's also really it's also funny if the whole town knows that she's a liar that Rowena Drake is still like, eh, but I should probably uh, kill her, right? Yeah, really? I should probably murder her just in case. <laughs> just in case someone too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because so that's essentially the gardener is such a lover of like his own creation, right? It's yeah. like this weird mm-hmm. narcissist thing that they're going like like also it feels like Agatha, Agatha Christie was like narcissists I could I could write something with that give me yeah. I know what that is now and then like oh <laughs> uh, like he needs money to, to keep up with a garden and then like go put a garden on a Greek island and then okay. they're like so I'm gonna fake this kind of silk get a bunch of money anyways it's like oh such a bizarre there's there's so like, much plot yeah. in the book yeah. that like is it like, like but why yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that. that that's it's the, all red that's herrings, just, left yeah. and right. My memory from a year ago is like, oh right, yeah, the the it's the gardener guy, and he tries to kill the girl who actually did it. Right, I remember yeah. that. But then it's like, and he fathered the girl who actually they saw, saw the murder. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gonna murder his own daughter. Yes. Yeah. And then he called her Iphigenia in a reference to the <laughs> to the Greek story. Of, yeah. <laughs> Um, just so yeah, much. pretty natural stuff. It, it was yeah. really, really backloaded with a lot of yeah, yeah. that a lot of chapter, details yeah. just dumping. You're like, is this is this garbage truck empty? No, there's nope. like a whole other big pile of stuff we gotta learn, and it's great. That's what yeah, these no, are for. I, I, I got that. I did like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so obvious. See what <laughs> yeah. happened yeah. was yeah. He's a narcissist, and uh, yeah, yeah, I do like how those the elements... moment when he said, "Get behind me, Satan," and no, <laughs> But like how those elements made it made it their way into the movie too, where it's like, okay, we have Mrs. Oliver, we have the garden that dies and the beauty's gone. Yeah. Oh, I didn't but, even connect those two yeah. gardens yeah. because they were so different. Like, oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and then like the gardener's tools and the the like Roman statue is what sort skewers, of. you know. Yeah. Like, there's all these like little kind of flavors. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like it's Michael like Green's water. like screenwriting note cards just got shuffled up and he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think there was a there. garden. I'll put that there. I'll put there was that definitely there. bees. I remember bees for sure. Oh my god, the Which, bumblebee costume. The, the bumblebee, bumblebee costume. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 
All right. So let's do, let's do the uh, let's do the sum up. Um, we'll start with uh, everyone's vote. Like, is the movie good, Allison? Uh, well, my mom and dad liked it, so <laughs> to them, they loved it. Uh, I I didn't like it because um, I'm really dumb at mysteries and mm. I can never solve them. Um, so, but I was able to figure out everything that was happening the second he had a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So I think, no, not, not <laughs> for what it's supposed to be, no, not a good movie. Um, but I do love Kenneth Branagh's eyes. But I don't know, if, was that supposed to be a yes or no question? No, you can, you <laughs> can, <laughs> you can expound. You this, is, this is your moment to expound. I'm so. expounding. Yeah. Um, Kenneth's uh, deep, watery eyes, mm-hmm. uh, very good for film. Um, the, they're so different. The book and the movie are so, so different. But not that great a movie, no. All right, we got <laughs> one opinion. not that great a movie. Not that great. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've got a very simple blunt no. <laughs> Tyler. This movie is good. This is a good movie. In what this way? movie is In good, bordering on better than good. How is it? Good? How? <laughs> what are you talking well, about? Well, okay. Just first of all, to be clear, yeah, you are insane, coming right? Coming in that what you're say? from Death on the Nile. That's not what the question which was. Which is one of <laughs> the worst movie, movies I've ever seen in a, a theater. This movie is not about Death on the Nile. Yeah, yeah. The it, question is about. It looks good. It a. It looks good. It actually like it's a real set that has like real production design with like real, real people interacting with it. I mean, it is actually <laughs> shot beautifully. Like it actually looks cool sometimes. and interesting. Sometimes the camera gets a little carried away. I wasn't a fan but who of can, like I'd the rather life. have too much style than absolutely zero style. Like no I am so distracting. happy. It, uh, why, <laughs> what is distracting? It's distracting. so distracting. I thought the back end was distracting. So... The GoPro shot. I, yeah, yeah, that was I, a little distracting. I, I will uh, say, I will <laughs> say this: like watching dead again this week and being like it's so lean so mm-hmm. like the style is so perfectly calibrated and then like watching his unnecessary like extra so shots in yeah. all of his Poirot stuff like all the overhead camera stuff and murder on the Orient Express like come on yeah, yeah but yeah leave like, it to Michael Bay who does it the what best bro. these do like I don't know there's like that famous shots from the first murder on the Orient Express where like the train comes like right up to the mm-hmm. camera and shit I don't know these these they're fucking art pieces like these it's this a, it's a, a piece who done it like you have to go big and like go with a lot yeah. of style. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I will totally say the ex- vibes were there. Yeah, it's the like totally vibes. acceptable. No. Fine, good on vibes I forever. Yeah. I think I guess is you would go see this movie. Most people would go see this movie and have a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's actually quite good. Okay. And you're just wow. so, you're simply okay. wrong. Yeah, so we got, got, got it's very good. We've got an actually I didn't hear it. I said it looks also, great. The reminded, performances are great. Like honestly, I was also, having so much fun. <laughs> I was also reminded during that not helpful explanation Thank that you. it was just full of in quotes a list maybe actors. Mm in order to promote the movie when they didn't add or give anything to it. I would argue this is the least distracting cast of there, movie stars very much is, in even any though of I, these movies. Even though I, well, like, yeah. that's coming, that's my opinion, having not seen those other two even. Yeah, and they're just, And those still are thinking that this disgusting. was extremely distracting. I mean, it's Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, Michelle Yao. That's actually, Michelle I mean, Yao's barely Kelly Riley, who I'm sure your parents love, <laughs> if they watch Yellowstone. <laughs> you don't know my mom. Maybe she, she watches Yellowstone. <laughs> Maybe, I feel like oh, I'm getting right. Yellowstone vibes over there. Really All moms love Yellowstone. I think my dad likes it. There you go. I'm so 
Speaking of Kelly Riley, Tina Fey is Tina distracting. Is Tina Fey. Fine. She's I, okay. I kind of think the, the Oliver from the book is the best. Uh-huh. Because yeah. even in the, the TV movie, she's got a cold. She's in bed the whole time. And I'm it like, was why? Weird. Oh, yeah. Because in the book, she's so she's bitchy. She's active and, yeah, like. And is like, has, like, uh, tips to give him, but, like, yeah. waits to yeah. tell him. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? My, He's my trying favorite, to solve a murder. My yeah. favorite part in the in the book is when someone comes up and is like, yeah, I signed the thing. It wasn't a forged codicil. Yeah. And then she waits a whole chapter to she be like, waits oh, an oh an entire way, someone just told me I signed that. After he already brings it up. Yeah. Then she says something after that. But Crazy. I kind of like that because... Yeah. 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 No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's the best was, version. Yeah. It's so going just for conning atmosphere. Her this is an atmospheric movie. Because it has no plot. It, are, what? I, I, are, did you watch this movie? Like, there's obvious, it is yeah, it was a literal, like a clockwork orange. My eyes were wide open the whole time. Being tortured. It. There has to like legally be plot. Like, I don't understand how you could watch it and be like, it's a notes, plotless. Is this like a Robert Altman movie where it, you just think you can like, bounce from so room better. to room? Yeah, that would like, there's, so much they better. They follow clues. You mean like Gosford Park, the whodunit? Oh, that's right, actually. Well, and they mentioned Honey five times in I said in my notes, I get it, but it's too convenient. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of overly obvious but like yeah. what's I mean it's fine it like no. totally you don't want a mystery to be totally fine. obvious though it's a, I mean it's a little obvious it's I a little expect obvious. more from Kenneth Branagh yeah. yeah he's great he's doing fine I expect uh, more uh, from a quick. movie that has source material from one of the greatest authors ever yeah I mean you know? like, by all accounts it's not like one of her <laughs> best books I mean I think no, we no, all agree no it's super boring like, it's boring yeah, it's kind of like, like boring <laughs> yeah so did you want like a straight adaptation that's the second part of the question so, murder Tyler, Tyler said it's a great movie, and Alan says, uh, "I think it's a good movie." You I, said great. I, bo- I said good, good to better, better than good. Whatever. Yeah, which is nonsense. <laughs> sure, whatever. Bonkers, even. Um, I would say it's a bad movie, but it's not a fun bad movie in that it's kind of boring mm. and just kind of not interesting to me in any way whatsoever. It felt uh, super long. It was. It yeah. felt really long, and yeah. I don't even think it was that long. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a like ninety eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy it very much. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. That's fun. I had fun shitting on it with you guys in the theater. Yeah. yeah watching that was it. That was it. That watching was it with yeah. you guys was the best. Part was of fun. It. Yeah. All right. Let me jump in real quick. Uh, I don't totally agree with Tyler's take, which is a little mm-hmm. bit. That's because no one. Maybe does. even maybe even fluffed <laughs> um, up for the podcast, but I did like it. Good. I did like it. Like it's his bad boy jacket. You know, if this was on TBS on a Saturday afternoon, I'd fine. change the channel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. You guys would change. <laughs> the, I'd be like, doubt. fine. <laughs> um, so that's watching. that's my that's my. Take Unless on. I came in on the the bobbing for apple scene, and, yeah. like, and I watched what's that. What's going on here? <laughs> that is good. Unequivocally good. The no, that's the, the best scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Allison, you start the next round. Ooh. Is the book good? Um. I found it very boring for a Christie novel, and I thought it was very strange going into it um, slowly but surely, like, nodding off and just incapable of of getting through it without pain um, (laughs) for me personally. But I do love, I do love the beginning and how it opens and kind of, like, when you get to just see Poirot before he gets into his list mode and, and, you know, kind of see how he... He just kind of lives and is. Uh, those are my favorite bits, and I think that's why, um, like with the movies too, it's like fan fiction. Like it's Kenneth oh. being like, "Oh, I love this character. 
I, I want to see him eat little pastries and, and <laughs> brush his mustache and do his little, his do, daily routine. And that, that's the best part of the movies for me. Um, the routine stuff is mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. With I the love... guy being thrown into the canal. Yes. Yeah, yes. That, that is, that's I think. Oh, a good yeah. thing from the movie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> a good thing from yeah. a bad movie. It is possible. Yeah, it's like, totally it's just possible. Every bad movie charming. has good shit. Like the goal tell... eating the, seat, the pigeon. Yeah, that's your rule. Yeah. Like you can tell how much he loves. Poro, and I think for how much I love Poro as well, I like I love that bit of it. Um, but no, not my favorite Christie novel. Um, a bit hard to get into. So, okay. Yeah. Natalie. If we're if we could ride on vibes forever, <laughs> I would ride the vibe of this book because the Woodley comments, like that's what yeah, I want yeah. a mystery to be, is like weird English countryside, like yeah. suburb. Someone murdered someone. That's the vibe I'm going for. But also, audiobooks are my bag. I did start with the book because we had them, but it was so slow that I picked up the Hugh Fraser audiobook, like maybe halfway through, and that was much more enjoyable. Like having a guy with a funny voice read me a story about some weird people who <laughs> murdered and a, and a filthy lying child and a hot gardener and a hot gardener. It was yeah. that was entertaining. Maybe I need to read. Maybe I need to read yeah, the audio. Yeah, you should check really, out the Hugh. It was yeah. good. Really good. It was interesting. Fraser yeah. yeah, I will return. Yeah, <laughs> with my yeah uh, renewed comment later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler. It's good. It's totally good. Good book. Fun book. Cool. Yeah, no Alan. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just did the audiobook, so it's kind of painted. It's like even if someone reads a bad book but does it in a really really great way mm-hmm. you'll take that feeling with you so like the audiobook was fantastic and as a result that's how I came to the story so I thought it was great and yeah. and also uh, really funny mm-hmm. more funny than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah 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 I I would agree that it it's obviously not peak Poirot it does feel like she's hitting a word count it's uh, at some sure yeah. some ways but like yeah I just really enjoyed this idea like 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 an artist who's like late in their like a musical artist who's like late in their career like it's kind of like just interesting to be like oh you're trying to react to the 60s and like yeah not doing the best in job the 30s. But, that's kind of crazy that um, 30 years later yeah you're like, but uh so oh, I, so yeah. I enjoy that and like yeah I enjoy the vibes of of the uh the setting like I said I really like the characterization of Miranda the small child I just think that's a great character and just like yeah all the stuff with Ariadne Oliver being sort of like a, oh uh, this is a little mushy apple but okay yeah. no I love her I love her so much yeah, yeah. and the um, fact that I you know I guess she's in like five other novels I'm like oh, I don't read some of those other yeah earlier Ariadne's um, I, I do think the movie was correct in keeping it all on Halloween though like one night yeah mm. solve it all that way it's Halloween the whole time Instead of being like Instead. a week worth of like asking people is like so yeah like this yeah. book could be called early November instead <laughs> <laughs> instead of Halloween party early November because even the TV movie speeds things up yeah like, yeah it's like yeah. two days or three yeah days. yeah just a few days yeah. Well, yeah, when you're like Perot's like I gotta go back to London give me a few days and you're like. Uh, so so it looks it sounds like we're kind of conflicted about both of these and they're both different experiences but if you have to pick as our the title of our show causes you to which would you pick as better the book or the movie Mm. halloween party or a haunting in venice 
You once again get to kick off the round. <laughs> Allison, go. Oh no. They're just they're such different planets. Yeah. That it's like you get to have the wonderful experience of being uh, like Natalie where she could like you know, kick the door down and be like, they called her a filthy liar again, right? <laughs> but then you get that, like, beautiful experience when you're in a movie theater and she locks the door to the soundproof room with no exits and everyone's like, oh, no, you know? Yeah. So um, I love both of those experiences of just, like, the excitement about, you know, certain character things that happen like that. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I... For me, I think I would rewatch the movie before I reread it. So, for the vibes and the... So, the movie gets the slight edge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because it, it's Cut all... <laughs> that is not worthy of clapping. Yeah, it's a slight <laughs> golf applause. It's not really a win for you. No. But, like, I think, like, um, like I want to... If I want a Halloween feeling story, I would go with the movie. And if I wanted an early November story, I would go with, with the book. Okay. I'm I'm actually going to jump it around cuz I think this would be interesting. Alan, go next. Oh boy. Uh Yeah, the movie is uh, kind of trash. Um <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. It's got some fun moments in it, but it does not save it being overwhelmingly boring and just tedious. Uh I would do a, I would do a tier list. <laughs> I go audiobook, TV movie, book, than whatever the fuck Haunting in Venice was. <laughs> Dead that. last. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's a good list. Yeah. That's a pretty good list. So, uh, I was going to ask about how, where the TV movie fits in, too. But, um, uh, so wait, actually, Allison, where would you rank the TV <laughs> movie versus the other two? Ooh, I think I agree. I agree with Alan's list, actually. I think the, the TV movie was very fun, and you kind of, you get the... Um, yeah, because it, it speeds things up a bit and things like that, but they don't treat Mrs. Oliver well. They just put her to bed. Yeah, yeah. that was kind um, of that's a the, Yeah, yeah. So it, it's very complicated because there's just so much where I'm just kind of like snoozing on. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I think I think Alan's list is pretty solid. Okay. Yeah. But Island? and then but keeping to the the that's ones and zeros of it. Yeah. You give the slight edge to the book, ah. Alan. Or yeah, book. I had book material, so audiobook slash book. Okay. Cool. Book for sure. NPR and I agree. Give us that uh, movie. No. Oh, oh, God. National Public Radio wants okay. you to know this movie's great. And they're right. Oh, my God. Oh I my don't God. believe you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. You're just doing yeah, this actually, to hurt to me. To be clear, Nat, it was NPR who called the movie great. I said it was better than good. Because of its, <laughs> because of its connection to the... the timing of the war like that is the example that it gave it that emotional resonance oh yeah that's dumb that's, yeah, that's very like, dumb okay so you just that. said you agree with the headline but not the content mm -hmm. of the article oh, oh, so. it's the cool millennium wow I'm just saying kids wow. these days it's a good uh, <laughs> they have long hairs it's a lot they deserve to be killed get uh, a haircut hippie <laughs> <laughs> Not you. Yeah. Not you. It's crazy. Not you. Like, she was writing wow. this book, like, Wow. He just very... keeps getting shrapnel. I know. <laughs> so Coming up. through, okay. getting some shrapnel well, going back out again. Well, he has, like, gorgeous long hair, but just shading all over. I'm like, man, uh, I don't want to. Not you, David. For, <laughs> for the listeners, uh, we're, we, 
drawing back the curtain, we record this in the back room of Skylight Books. And you uh, mean we're not on a studio lot in a, in a recording <laughs> our, uh, room? Our, our co-workers have been going in and out, and uh, David is one of our co-workers, a fellow bookseller, and he we'll just, never just got murdered. Just got murdered unnecessarily. All right, here we go. <laughs> Natalie, lay it out. Wow, lay it out, Natalie. Wow. Yeah. wow. Set That's us good. straight. They're good? Um, okay, so I mentioned this to Alan earlier, and I was trying, like, with the idea of the entire conceit of this podcast, which is, is the book better than the movie, or which is better, um, it, this entire experiment with this source material like that question can't be answered in my opinion because it's they really are not hard. because yeah. but i'm gonna answer it and it's the book but <laughs> tyler, tyler, I need, tyler was like gearing up for a fucking breakfast club fist pump and i was like no i can still answer i can still answer that that it's the book but with this specifically like I think that if you were reading this book with the intention of going to watch an adaptation of it, mm. adaptation-wise, if that's what we're looking at, you can't. It's a it's a failing adaptation because it does not adapt to the source yeah. material like in any it takes way. As, as Three names. Said, it yeah. takes some names, and like as we were talking, we pointed out a few other things that I said. Whatever, that doesn't count. <laughs> like yeah, because right. at a certain point, it doesn't. And so. And I guess they lifted the Leopold. Black, blackmailing, blackmailing yeah. yeah. Like they, the yeah, they, they took like certain. They just, like you said, Michael Green threw his index cards in front of a fan <laughs> and then picked them up where they had landed. Right. Um, but and if you wanted to read the book, like for a spooky, like yeah. early November vibe, go for it. It was entertaining, <laughs> but definitely do recommend the audiobook. I have after watching this movie, I have no interest in watching the other Poirot movies. Um, it did not like make me want to yeah. do that. No. The I, vibe I, as as someone who enjoyed murder and enjoyed this, I will say this is sadly the high water mark for the series. Yeah, so. and I did enjoy the BBC version, the Suchet version, because it like I enjoy a good adaptation like I like being able to dissect one which is what's fun about this pod also mm -hmm. that you can dissect an adaptation and see how things differ which you could do with the BBC version like I it would have been fun if we did that yeah. instead but I think because the, they make smart choices they made choices they change stuff but yeah you can see the but it was a choice it. and they're using the source material the source material was like not used and ultimately which everyone should do is just read and watch shit with your friends and it'll make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> because that was the only thing that really made this fun. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. was all of us at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. at the movie theater, watch, reading the book together um, yeah. and talking about it. Like, that's what's fun about all yeah, this. Me, me being like, Jamie Dornan kind of looks like uh, Colin Firth now. Oh, now he kind of looks like, uh, yeah, he's like a Henry Cavill. <laughs> and the guy who played Maxim looks like a beefy Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, he does. Mm. Yeah. I laughed out loud when you said that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Because <laughs> he did. He really does. He yeah. did. <laughs> so that's, the, the book is better, was a more enjoyable content, piece of content to me than the movie was. Yeah. Um, 
But, and like Alan said, like sometimes there are bad movies that are fun to watch. This one was only fun to watch because we were shitting on it together. If I had watched yeah. it by myself, I would have been like this. I probably would have turned it off. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I would have said, I'll, I'll, do, I'll ask somebody what happened. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm pro Poirot fan fiction. So I think. There you go. <laughs> sure, yeah. I think rather than an adaptation, not it's yeah. not an adaptation. No. it's definitely like a loosely inspired by a yeah. couple characters from the book. And I also, yeah. I also Maybe. did say in Maybe. my notes, Asterix I hope that question. I hope that Brandon does this for the rest of his life. This is the only thing he ever does. Yes, because he's clearly having a great time. But also take the Poirot character and then just go go tell whatever story you want. Fan fiction it away if Agatha's. Yeah. Yeah. Heirs will let you get get yeah. like the next generation Tom Stoppard to write the next yeah. script or something. Yeah. Someone I mean, that oh, that's the other thing we didn't mention was that Mark story. Gaddis wrote the he adapted uh, the BBC version. He's great, and he's great. And so I saw that too, and I was like, "This will be good." Yeah. And it was. It was. Mm-hmm. And it was. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I've said it many times that it's kind of fascinating because it's it's like a James Bond adaptation, but they didn't even keep the name because like that's the thing is like Moonraker the book and Moonraker the movie, like the moon is like the only thing that's like the same. Um, that there is a moon in the sky. That's the only thing that's really the same about those two things. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't even take the name Halloween Party. Um, and there we didn't say that there was one invitation because that's the whole part. Like on the. Probably on the back cover of this book, it says, like, you are invited to a Halloween party or some something like that. And there is an invitation where Maxim was invited to the seance. And I was I was ready. I was like, okay, guys, this is it. That how the words Halloween party will be written on this piece of paper. And they fucking weren't. You had one and chance. I was, he had one chance. But instead, he picked out the letters that spelled apple, and I was pissed. Well, he was already <laughs> tripping at that point. That's so true. That's true. Uh, that that sweet, sweet, sweet spiked honey invitation <laughs> came to life in his hands. He yeah. became a dog or something. Um, my my favorite fun fact is how much of a freak Agatha Christie is about poisons. Like she was obsessed with poisons and like yeah. figuring out how to poison people. So that's a that's a fun little nod to her mm-hmm. at least. Okay. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. Which sure. I think I, we said this immediately after the movie. I was like, after reading Misery. Mm-hmm. I was definitely tipped to be like, oh, this bee's like poison honey, something gonna yeah. make the girl go mad. Like, uh-huh. in, yeah, that was so that was just a, a little inside for the other better than yeah, the yeah. Bee. Yep. yeah. Oh, yeah, check, also out, check out our last episode where we discussed misery. That, that is true, it comes up a few times. <laughs> um, but, but my vote, I think, just goes to the book. I think it's a little more. A, li- a little more original. Yeah. You got a, you got a very a soft baby from Alice. Very soft. So don't even. <laughs> she got a. I would better rewatch than before I rewrite. So better than that. So you're telling so, me it's a win. So I. <laughs> <laughs> so I think once again the book is triumphant. Yay! Good for books. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, it, it sounds like a fairly marginal victory in, in this case, and maybe actually the BBC TV movie, and just Hugh Fraser has won yeah. today. Honestly, uh, I Hugh can't Fraser, stress enough how much he Hugh rules. Fraser takes the win. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right, so that's the fifth time I've said nice. That's our cue to wrap it up. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. This has been Spotlight Books Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now the music slowly creeps in. Do the spooky outro. Ooh, we're going. Oh, that does remind me. We wanted to do a quick, sorry, 
sorry, sorry. We wanted to do a, a quick, a quick, a quick uh, Goosebumps episode, so we, we might uh, quickly toss out a little shorty where we talk about Goosebumps, get in, a, get in a real spooky season mood because the the next big book we're big book big movie we're doing is Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, you guys are gonna do it. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the next things on your reading slash watching list. And now back to ooh, spooky times. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Skylight Books podcast series. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to check out the book featured in this episode or others, please visit skylightbooks.com. If you're in the Los Angeles area, stop by for one of our live in-person author events. You can find a calendar on our website. If you like this podcast, leave us a review really helps us out. Our music is by Duck the Piano Wire. Till next time.